Welcome one, welcome all to episode 212 of the Xbox Expansion Pass recorded on Saturday, January 20th, 2024. I'm your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost, joined by my co-host, the Intrepid, Captain Logan. Alongside the Captain today, we are joined by one Rand Althor 19, the man with a million, here to discuss the wonderful array of news that came out of the Xbox Developer Direct this past week, including Avowed, Hellblade, and of course, Indiana Jones. Game Pass is growing, Halo Infinite might have new life, and several IP continue to be MIA. We hope you enjoy the show. Logan, we like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who made our gaming weeks better. But first, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. Uh, feeling a lot better compared to last week. Um, still on meds. Still got a, a lot of congestion from that cold that I dealt with. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's it's nice to feel like <laughs> I'm a human being again. Mm -hmm. You know, you always deal with that after after bit with the with the cold. But uh, the anime convention was still worth it. I'm not going to lie. It was good. it was still worth it. I, I dealt with a bad cold, but I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be. And and this is a good week to feel better because I mm -hmm. feel like this week is like one of the most awesome weeks we could be talking about Xbox in 2024. So Absolutely. I'm happy, man. Oh, I'm I'm right there with you, especially after last week, all the potential news. And with us, of course, to chat about the actual real news is the man with the million. Rand, how are you, dude? Hey, how's it going? Luke, Captain Logan. Uh, I woke up early just for you, Luke. I'm usually Saturdays. I'm like never up this early unless I'm <laughs> staying up that late from the previous day because mm. I happen to be a vampire and a night owl, especially mm -hmm. if I get into a good book or something. Yeah, I'll stay up all night. Like the other night I was finishing this fifth book, uh, the fifth book of a series I was on and I was like 400 pages away and I'm like, I couldn't stop. So I was like, I'm not going to bed until I finish. And that mm -hmm. was at like 11 p.m. I didn't finish till like 9 a.m. So it was oh like, my God, had to had I, I had to read the 400 pages, you know? Yeah, had to. But do we're it. here. We got to talk about the uh, developer direct, and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time. Oh yeah. yes, absolutely. That direct was incredible. They started off strong. Uh, that that rumored, you know, are we gonna get a surprise shadow drop? It ended up being a fifth game from Square Enix, which I'm excited to dive into when that happens. Uh, but in short, I was very, very pleased with that dev direct. I thought it looked really good. It gave us some questions, gave us some thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, but my takeaway was quite positive, uh, on the show. Logan, what about you? Where did you stand on it? Dude, overall, like this was exactly what I wanted. Uh, I, I didn't expect a shadow drop. I didn't expect anything extra. If they had just gone with like the, the four games that they announced, I would have been satisfied with that perfectly fine. Um, this is, this is a great format. It's, it tees up the 2024 content line. We know there's more coming. We know that there's more that they haven't talked about, but that's fine. This is a good way to kind of satiate the community after a, a holiday and being like hey you know we know you're excited about 2024 so are we here's what we've got kind of in the in the hopper ready for you uh and we're really excited to let the teams speak to the content and i think mm -hmm. 
that did so much more for me as just a fan of the studios than just you know trailers that we get at e3 where it's like oh, is this is this gameplay is this in engine is it you know like is this where, where's the hud kind of thing like we actually got to see people talking to the game and i think that's so much better than you know what we typically get at like the game awards or something i'm inclined to agree rand how did it you know stepping away from the direct this year versus last year it's 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 not a new format but certainly it's young uh did you did you leave this direct feeling good yeah yeah this one felt more refined than last year's Mm -hmm. right like last year's was the pilot and this is like season one episode one right Mm -hmm. where you can make some tiny little changes uh to the presentation and you know i i think one of the things I, i really enjoy about it is just the like the branding of it like the title screen of the direct with the games that are there Mm -hmm. and how they circle the name of the game or Mm -hmm. like they circle uh, the date. Mm -hmm. Like I I like that stuff. It's like one of the best sort of things Xbox has really created in that um, the the marketing sense and Mm -hmm. in a while, like it is perfectly done. And as the, just the correct amount of mix between people talking on screen Mm -hmm. and then showing the game itself. And it's always cool to get hear devs be passionate about the game they're working on. I think maybe the problem that inside Xbox used to have back in the mm-hmm. day was that it would be too much of the dev uh, and not enough of the game, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, where this is like, there's just enough amount. You can see people working kind of behind the scenes. And when they show the game, it's the gameplay. It's, you know, maybe it's HUDless or it does have the HUD, but a lot of like what we complain about sometimes is like, oh, we're sick of CGI announcement trailers. Mm-hmm. You know, we're sick of all that stuff. And this is actually giving you 48 minutes, you know, five games, uh, 10 minutes a piece roughly mm-hmm. to get a look at some behind the scenes aspects. But I think most importantly, like to see the actual game being played whether it's like someone on the pc playing it Mm -hmm. or you know direct capture footage and i think it just works beautifully for what they're trying to do in the in the way of like hey this is stuff you can expect this year Mm -hmm. you know this isn't the showcase where we might be announcing games two or three years from now and we're gonna run through 32 of them right this Mm -hmm. is like uh this kind of like when the band like a really popular band they used to do in arena shows. Mm-hmm. This is like when a band goes to like one of those small clubs in front of 50 people and right. have that like intimate setting, you know, mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate, I think the presentation stuff mm-hmm. and what they're doing is a plus uh, it's, and the fact that it seems like we can look forward to this every January now, mm-hmm. it makes it all the more exciting. Cause it's like, Oh, I'm going to get to see stuff in January. I'll get to see stuff in June. They'll probably do more Xbox partner previews Mm because they started that at the end of last year. So it's the Xbox has the content now with all the studios Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, let's see some of it. I I think it's great. I think it's awesome. I'm inclined to agree. I feel like this is this feels like Tina Amini's influence uh, and and the team is really trying to, to bring a new approach to how Xbox talks to its fans, which I think is great. Um, I was fascinated by what we didn't see here, but I'll bring that up after the show. They opened with Obsidian's Avowed, 
and we got to see our first real look at where this game is going. Um, I left very impressed with environments, with color palettes, with uh, character interactions. I left a little bit concerned when it comes to combat. Um, I, I had talked to a few people in our Discord and and uh, privately, and then put a few statements out on socials over on Threads. And I was just like, this the combat to me looks very 2011 mobile game, and that is so disingenuous because I'm I'm not hands on. We're not talking to people that are hands on. Uh, but I, I felt like the combat looked a little bit stiff next to others. And then I had other people coming to me and saying, hey. That's actually just what the Skyrim formula is, and this is meant to be Skyrim light. I had a lot of thoughts, um, you know, on what we saw. Avowed brings a lot of questions to me and oddities, and I wonder if it'll stand the test of time. But it certainly seems to be a scoped game where they have a narrow, narrower focus than a broad Skyrim. That was my take on it. What did you guys think? I was. I, I I thought it was exactly what I was expecting. I, I'm expecting Obsidian to come out with a 20 to 30 hour Skyrim in mm-hmm. 2024. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to have full ability to customize whatever you want. They talked about the loadout system that you can switch during combat. I think that's really interesting to kind of have an understanding that there's going to be opportunity for you to kind of build that out how the skill system works is what i'm really kind of curious about you know with skyrim we have you know a hundred different trees with uh you know points that you can put into any of them Mm -hmm. you can kind of focus down like a few of them to kind of like build out whatever character you want Mm -hmm. Uh, but with this it feels like you're you're essentially going to be switching from major gameplay or combat styles because of the situations that you run into so i'm curious like how the talent trees are going to work into that Mm -hmm. um I think I'm more interested in trying this out than I have for any of the other like Skyrim games. I'm, I've never really gotten into any of the Elder Scrolls games because they're just dated at this point. Mm-hmm. And going into Avowed, I'm ready to be kind of like wowed by a really beautiful world, which I think they're doing really well for this. Mm-hmm. And this is the Pillars of Eternity universe, right? Yeah. Isn't that right? Okay. Gotcha. Rand, when you saw it, did you notice any oddity between like art style and versus combat or the magic versus the character design? Cause I felt like it was a bit of a mishmash here and there, but that was just, seems like that, that was just me. What did you take away? So <laughs> I had seen the game in 2021 just mm-hmm. had alpha footage of the game. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember, but I said at the time when I'd seen it, that to me, it looked like a colorful Skyrim mm-hmm. and that's, one of the big, the biggest thing takeaway for me is the environments, mm-hmm. the use of colors. Uh, they're really le- leaning into that. Like the box art looks incredible. I don't know mm-hmm. if any of you guys have seen the key art piece with oh, like the skeleton goodness. with all the different. Like I love the fact that it's really doubling down on the use of color, and that's very apparent in the biomes, all the mm-hmm. different places. Yep. Um. So I think it'll be a looker in that sense, like the environment. Uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of differing opinions on the combat. Some people mm-hmm. say it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Some people like you are very much like, eh, you know, this is like kind of 360 gen mm-hmm. Skyrim stuff. I do agree with you that the sword combat did look like it f- would feel like it was clunky mm-hmm. pairing. Uh, it didn't look like attacks really had any, like hitting with the sword didn't look like it had any impact, but it's yeah. tough to tell without 
you you know you not having the controller right um the magic stuff i thought did look cool mm-hmm. i could see my pl- see myself playing a magic build mm-hmm. although i was a tad bit disappointed that where are the hand magic spells i like, all of a sudden same. you had a wand and i'm like wait a minute Mm-hmm. Like I thought, it was where we're all doing the hand spells here, which I always thought was cool from the initial trailer, and then from the stuff we saw in the. I mean, it's probably still there. Maybe they just didn't show it or something. But mm-hmm. we only did get to see like one enemy type, mm-hmm. so maybe, maybe that has something to do with it about their reactions. Um, but the Obsidian games are always about dialogue, mm-hmm. choice, consequences. So, and I'm, I think that's a little bit tough to showcase in a eight minute segment. Agreed. So, but I will say, um, I've seen people say that the facial animation looks a little stiff or looks, doesn't look as even as good as Starfield, which was criticized heavily, but I, I wasn't really paying too much attention to the facial tech. Mm-hmm. I was kind of just more listening to the words mm-hmm. and I actually felt like the characters at least they showed, like they were kind of charismatic mm-hmm. they had more oomph more punch to the things that they were saying and um yeah i i know this is like jez's game like jez is very much uh avowed is gonna be my well now it's indiana jones after it was showed but he was he mm-hmm. going into it it was like avowed was his thing mm-hmm. and he was a little he's he's kind of like where you are mm-hmm. uh luke he's kind of in that in that like combat should be better maybe it'll get better but i will say like the game seemed improved from the last time we saw it last year. I agree with that. From that Big trailer point. to yeah. this time, it, it did look like it improved quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was crossing my fingers for a date and we didn't get one except for mm-hmm. fall 2024. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, it's obsidian, you know, I, people are going to play that game for all the reasons they play the obsidian stuff. And the combat may not be the the best, most rewarding combat in games, mm-hmm. but usually people fall in love with, uh, you know, the dialogue and, and choice and consequences. So hopefully they, they nailed that aspect of the game. I think, uh, had this game not been an Xbox game, people would have been a little bit more forgiving with it just by its nature, because when you're exclusive, there's a bar that wants to be set immediately. But the idea that, that, it's an RPG like Skyrim in the sense that like you need to invest in it to get something out of it. You know, you can't show it in a 10 minute thing and just get it right. Like you look at some games, they'll show showcase very well. Others may not. I felt like they did a good job uh, selling people on the idea of avowed and I'm looking forward to it. Um, But I did come away with questions, but I can't say enough about the, art and the, the feel it has i like your point about the the casting magic with hands because the xcp community were very high on immortals of avium and i'm curious how magic from the first person perspective uh feels in this game versus one that basically was a shooter uh with hand magic in immortals of avium on unreal engine 5.1 i, I really we really liked that uh in our camp i'm curious how this feels next to that logan did you have a similar sentiment in any way yeah, I the combat is definitely like my biggest concern right now because after playing through like the uh, Outer Worlds games and stuff like that, I'm I'm sold on the characters and the the choices that you make and the the honestly I, I thought the voice acting was really good. I did see what people were talking about as far as like the the facial animation. It does feel less emotive than something like a 
like a, a CD project red game, mm-hmm. but I think, I think cyberpunk honestly sets a bar when it comes to immersive conversations that mm-hmm. it's hard to beat. I, mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of studios could take away some of that and, and put it into their games. I'd be a lot happier about it, but um, with the combat, the thing I'm curious, like we saw wands. I am curious if we have like the hand magic. The thing I'm, I'm curious about is if we're going to get staves and if we'll mm-hmm. like how that will work, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the weapons in general, I think are going to really make or break how, how this game is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm sold on the world. I'm sold on the characters. I'm sold on the stories and stuff like that. But, uh, the gameplay loop, I think is going to be the thing that a lot of people want to know how it's going to feel and actually get it in our hands. It's a shame that we don't have like E3s anymore to be able to go ha- get hands on with these before we actually see it. I'm, I'm hoping FanFest this year happens so that we can actually go and try the game before we actually get a chance to try it in fall, but mm-hmm. we'll have to kind of wait and see. But I, regardless, I think Obsidian makes great content. I don't mm-hmm. think that their games really fall short in too many areas so mm-hmm. i'm not too worried about it it's got I, guns i noticed that i wasn't expecting oh, it, it the pistols well yeah pillars of fraternity yeah. has guns in it so. does it yeah muskets we saw, we saw flintlocks in there too yeah the flintlock stuff mm-hmm. so i know i'm gonna play this and i think a lot of people that might be skeptical right now uh are definitely going to play it and that might be the game pass effect uh <laughs> that exists out there i think Game Pass eases the barrier to entry in so many ways, but I think it also makes it easier for people to be timid in talking about a project versus like, I'm definitely buying this or I'm definitely not. They can have that kind of in between. But I left this presentation very excited to explore the Pillars of Eternity universe in a way that I've not chosen to do or really been invested in doing in uh, the POE games. And I'm still very excited for avowed i left more excited than i was last year from it um i wonder if not having a date is a matter of because this game's changed so much in the last two years at least i think it has um i'm curious if not having a date is is specifically so they can figure out and refine some of those things whether it be combat or storyline or pathing or something like that um rand have you heard how how many changes this game has gone through of any kind I want to say it was rebooted uh, after the creative director left in 2021. Mm-hmm. So I think it, I mean, they talked a little bit about this last year because uh, it was supposed to have online co-op as well. Mm-hmm. And I think like the scope of the game got away from them and they had to reel it in or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's probably, it's prob- I don't know how much it changed, but we know, we know there was like a reboot um, uh, that happened during development. And as far as like the date, I think Xbox is being very careful about about like the idea of they don't want to promise something and then have it get pushed, right? So we saw it last year where it was like the only games that got dated from the direct were the ones that were launching in the next six months. Like you have mm-hmm. January, the only ones that they, if my memory serves, the only ones they dated were the ones that came out between then and June. Mm-hmm. which was Minecraft Legends, uh, Hi-Fi Rush was a Shadow Drop, and Redfall, where Forza Motorsport uh, didn't get dated, right? Mm-hmm. It was just fall 2024. This one is just Hellblade, mm-hmm. and the rest seemed to be more towards the end. 
so I wonder if they're like, okay, we're not going to give a date because we're not exactly sure at this point in time what the target date is. We just mm-hmm. know we can hit fall, but fall could be anywhere between August to no- November, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so like mm-hmm. we don't want to say, oh, it's going to hit in September and then get closer to June and be like, actually, it's going to hit more mid-October and we have to right. push it. Um so I think they hold on to the dates a little bit more. So then, you know, when we go to the showcase, they can have a trailer mm-hmm. for Avowed and then hit you with the hit you with the the date there, right? So mm-hmm. I think that's probably how they'll do it. If it's coming the next six months, there'll be a date. Mm-hmm. And if it's in the second half of the year, it'll just say fall or winter or whatever, you know? I agree. And it's funny because in talking about Avowed, Several things came up as a result of Hellblade's trailer, which was was next in the show. And what we learned from uh, Hellblade, I'm sorry, it was was later on in the show. And it was Hellblade was after about, but Hellblade, we got several bits of info or reiterated info about the scope of the game. You know, Hellblade itself is going to be an eight to ten hour experience, launching digital only at fifty dollars. And I, I. Pair that information with what we learned from the unfortunate Insomniac hack about the scope of game, the cost of games. And I wonder if Avowed, being that it's meant to be a a shorter experience, a smaller Skyrim from Obsidian, uh, as it were, is also going to be digital only. And they don't need to give dates as urgently because they don't need to get to physical distributors. And I wonder if that's a factor or if I'm just pie in the sky throwing ideas out there. But I think the Xbox's approach is now, for the most part, smaller experiences as compared to the big budget 25-hour, 30-plus-hour RPGs. And I kind of like that, I guess, maybe because I'm getting older. Did Am I over-inferring here? Logan, what do you think? Am I over Um I think it depends. Look at Starfield. Starfield's a huge RPG. I think Indiana Jones is probably going to be you know, 20, 30 hours easy. Um, you think 30 think, hours really yeah i do i i think it's going to be on par with like most most triple a games at, at the moment which are you know somewhere between i don't know maybe 30 and 40 but i think this will probably i'm thinking 15 yeah i'm kind of with i'm kind of with luke on this wow i don't they, yeah. they didn't mention that it was like open world did they mm-hmm. uh, did i miss mm-hmm. did i miss that no and i'm i'm using machine games previous products to inform like yeah i would think 15 20 yeah, yeah the, I, Wolfenstein's previous games were all level based, were they not? Yeah, like well, the Wolfenstein games were very much like level based, and you load in the next one, and like yeah. with Indiana Jones being, we've already even seen like the cutscene where, you know, it's a plane, right, and then you can mm-hmm. see the red line moving to the next thing. Right. So in my mind, and we've seen concept art of like a Mayan temple mm-hmm. in like a jungle, and then like the desert. So in mm-hmm. my my, we're, we're getting to indie now, but. Uh, but in my mind, Indiana Jones is, is level based. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know how long it would be, but that's that's kind of what I was thinking it was going to be. Fair, mm. fair, interesting. Oh, uh, we'll have to kind of wait and see. I mean, given the the amount of content that we're getting in Game Pass, smaller experiences does kind of help. You know, like give us the an opportunity to kind of like dip our toe into everything. But if if I was making an Indiana Jones game and this was like the first game in the franchise and, you know, X amount of years, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd kind of want to make it like a, a, a healthy story, uh, you know, a decent amount of hours mm-hmm. to uh, really justify the, the IP. Mm-hmm. Was anyone else taken aback by 
the doubling down of Hellblade to be a smaller experience because I was given that context that we had seen this game display and showcase and announce the Xbox Series X in 2019. I was thinking and 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 I I must have just voluntarily excluded the previous time they said it. I was thinking we'd have a 20 plus hour God of War comparison. Maybe that's just what I want it to be. And I do want it to be that. Um, I loved what I saw, but I was taken aback by the doubling down of it being a smaller experience. Uh, the tempering of expectations. Rand, did you catch that? Did it did it flag in your mind similar to me? I mean, I heard it, but that's exactly what I expected it to be. Mm, okay. I, I expected I, I didn't expect hell I didn't expect the team to suddenly be like, all right, we're gonna take Hellblade and we're gonna turn it into a 20, 30 hour open world collect a thon. I thought they were just going to be like, we are going to make the game that we want to make. Uh, mm. it's Hellblade, and it's gonna be eight to twelve hours, give or take. Um, and we're going to use the Microsoft budget to, you know, uh, improve the graphics, which it looks phenomenal. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially the motion capture, uh, and the combat, they, they really focused on like, we, that was one of the criticisms. A lot of people, including myself had with the first game was the combat wasn't very, it didn't, it, there was not a variation to it. Right. Mm-hmm. In fact, the game was a lot of you walk somewhere and there was a puzzle to solve mm-hmm. and then you walk to the next thing and there'd be a combat arena. Mm-hmm. Rinse, repeat. Mm-hmm. But the thing people loved about Hellblade was the story and mm-hmm. Senua's internal struggle to face her inner demons, right? Mm-hmm. Like the gameplay for the most part was you could make maybe s- s- average. So when... I thought of like what I wanted for a sequel. It was like, give me a game that's a tad bit longer. So instead of, if the first game's eight hours, maybe make it 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted, I wanted better combat. And it seems like that's what they focused on because I'm sure we've all, I'm, I, I would guess we all, all played Hellblade here, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A little bit. <laughs> I honestly think playing Hellblade for 20 hours would be a dep- would be a depressing thing because yeah. you're in her head with her her whispers and her m- mental illness it is not a happy go lucky game to to like be in the shoes of uh, be in the shoes of Senua for that long right so i almost sort of feel like uh if you if you, like you wanted it to be a 23rd hour experience I think you'd be playing it and you'd be like, I don't even want to play this. Anymore. I'm depressed when I'm playing Senua because it's, mm-hmm. it's like her journey to overcome her de- Like that stuff is not like fun. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it is very, it's, it's, it's a very somber experience, but one that's also like uh, immensely interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised by that. I mean, I guess you could, you could, we could make the jokes of like, Hey, it's a six hour game and they took six years. It took them one year for every hour of development. You know, I've seen people say, but I Hellblade two has been my, my most anticipated game since it was announced mm-hmm. and I couldn't be happier with what they've shown. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to go on the journey with her. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've even added other characters, which is something that was mm-hmm. sort of missing in the previous game. And I'm just really uh, excited about the changes to what I felt was uh, 
one of the one of the mediocre aspects of Hellblade, which was the combat. And you you've seen the gifts like jump from behind and she throws them down and then she like checks her neck to see if she's bleeding or mm-hmm. attacks when the enemies are, are behind. Like these are all the things in my mind that I envisioned a sequel would actually do better. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're still gonna have the one on one combat or maybe two on one, because that's what Hellblade is. Mm-hmm. But it never, and at no point was I wishing it would be a thirty-hour God of War game. I'm sure there are some people like yourself who who wanted that, but I, I wasn't one of them. I thought it'd be somewhere in between, and I'm st- that the the combat that they showed incredible. Everything they've showed has been incredible. I was just surprised by the reminder of the length because I just didn't. Mm. I, I guess I just exited that from my mind. Um, and that's, well, that that's, could that's tie into fault. the price fifty bucks. Absolutely, right? yeah. I I loved what I saw from Hellblade. I absolutely loved it, top to bottom. It just surprised me, and I think it was my. It's, that's not their fault. That is not their fault at all. In fact, I think they credit to them for reminding me or people like me to set appropriate expectations. I, I think that's a huge and important thing to do, and um, full credit to them. But I was just taken aback by how much how how good the game looked the excitement for this from the sound team. I mean, Logan, you didn't play a ton of Hellblade, but does it, did seeing this like bring you in or make you want to play it? It's on sale for $2 right now. It's also, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's, I mean, it's one of those games that I just got distracted away from, but uh, I, I do think that this game looks amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't discredit the, the quality or the team at all. In this case, I think the fact that it's coming in at $50 digital is kind of a nice way to say like, hey, we understand where people are going to be. If this were like a $70 game with a $100 collector's edition and it was only like 10 hours, people would probably have issue with that. Mm -hmm. So coming in at 50 just kind of reaffirms like, hey, we understand this is going to it's not going to be a full on AAA game. This is just going to be like a really well done know uh indie kind of game from a for as a first party studio kind of the way psychonauts now is is kind of in that mindset where it's like they're still kind of an indie studio but they're still just a first party studio so you know expect indie experiences from them with you know the support of microsoft just kind of making sure that the bills are paid mm-hmm. so eight to ten hours at fifty dollars is is I'm I'm fine with that. I don't think I don't think I would. Uh, I, I definitely am curious to go back to uh, Hellblade just to kind of finish that out and see like what the actual story was because I think that was the important takeaway from that first game. Mm-hmm. And uh, curious to see what they do with the second one. You know, Jazz did say on podcast yesterday that episode 300. By the way, congratulations. Episode 300. Thank you. Thank you. Said that. I'm sorry. Um, that he's he heard that. Uh, they're underselling how long the game is. It's actually really? longer than what they said. And maybe I speculate that maybe they want to under deliver and over well, what's the under promise over under promise and over deliver mm-hmm. where you say, okay, the baseline it's, it's like, don't expect, don't expect God of war. Don't expect the 30 hour open world RPG. Mm-hmm. But you know, if the first game is an eight hour experience, maybe this one is 12. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so there is that to keep in mind. Um, you know, and it's, uh, is, I think it's the say something about like them not changing after Mm -hmm. being acquired by Microsoft. Some, some devs would maybe 
do something different, but it really just kind of seems that they're like, no, we're going to continue to make the games that we typically make mm-hmm. just, and we're going to use the influx of, of money to, to, you know, pick and choose where we're going to improve things. Because at the end of the day, I think the dev team on this Hellblade two is like 50 people. Mm-hmm. It's a smaller team. It's yeah. A compared to team. like Seems how many bigger. hundreds of people worked on Spider-Man two. Exactly. Or, right. So, it, yeah, I, 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 I would tell you like when or if I get a review copy for that game, I'm mm-hmm. going to be the happiest person in the world because it is something I am just so looking forward to, and I'll be completely, but yeah, probably going to give the game a ten out of ten. I you don't even have to play it. I, I know I'm like, I'm like completely biased, but like, um, so you're going to prop just, up that Metacritic score. Pl- gotcha. Yeah. Well, I'm not yeah. on Metacritic, so <laughs> no, you know, but um, I played the game like three times. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Hellblade, so I I am like dying, and I'm so happy it's the first half of the year. Same, right? May is a great release date, um, and it, we we talked a little bit about this too yesterday, and and in previous shows, it really seems like this year is going to be what's the right word I'm looking for barren in comparison to last year's game releases. For for like, Xbox specifically, well, no, in like general, like when you like all the games, oh, I yeah. think in comparison, yes, because twenty twenty three had all the stuff, yeah. everything, everything. Um, like and, seriously, I just finished Prince of Persia: Lost uh, Crown. Ninety five. I, I saw. I you tweeted me after mm-hmm. I I put out my tweet saying I finished. I love that game. I yes. adore it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's right underneath Ori in the will of wisp for me as like metroidvanias mm-hmm. like if for me like ori 2 is like a 9.5 close to a 10 mm-hmm. like prince of persia is like a 9 mm-hmm. it is right there it is so incredible and i was looking at the list of games coming up and i'm just like i'm not excited for any of this stuff you know like mm-hmm. well last year it was like no we have hi-fi rush and then we got dead space remake and then there's hogwarts legacy and then there's resident evil and then there's star wars and then there's this and then there's this and it was this dead mm-hmm. island 2 and it was just a constant thing and i'm looking at the releases and i'm just like suicide squad <laughs> like suicide squad would be a game i should be super hyped for because i'm i love rocksteady but i haven't really enjoyed anything i've seen of the game so I'm just like, I got my backlog, Luke. I got Cyberpunk I haven't played yet. I got mm-hmm. Baldur's Gate I haven't played. I'm, it might be a backlog year for me, I guess. I think it is for a lot of people. Um, I think it is for a lot of people. And that's, I think, okay, because 2023 was so stacked. I'll echo the Prince of Persia thoughts real quick and say that that game could have been up for Game of the Year in 2023. It's so good. Yes. And that's saying something. Um, how I, far are you in it right now? How, how I'm, far are you? I'm, Done story-wise, I'm on cleanup duty. I'm on 95% completion rate. Um, There is one challenge room that I can't beat right now. Which one? It's it's, uh, like a hidden... It's in the hidden sands or something like that. It's very difficult. It's like a three-minute challenge room where you got to change your... uh, change the, the like spectrum shift it multiple times oh, okay yeah the, it's like one of the one of those it's it's killing me um i just got all the amulets i think i've got two achievements to finish and i'm done um so great great and you, you know you're not really an achievement guy but you feel compelled or at least want to 100 percent this one yes i get on weird kicks I, I lock in and and go for it and i'm going for it on prince of persia i want that 1k for sure um, yeah but I, I i will tell you man i 
I know what you mean about this year. I know what you mean for sure. And I, I've got a very strong feeling that what we've seen at this direct, and I know we've still got three more games to talk about, is not everything on Xbox's slate. And I don't mean that they've promised in the world something different. Um, I think Indiana Jones is their big game this year. Um, well, technically, Call of Duty is their big game this year. That's fair. Okay, fair point. <laughs> but I mean something that is X. Like I don't think we've seen these Obsidian remasters that the Xbox leak revealed. Uh, you know, you have to wonder if we're going to. We didn't see Towerborn. We just didn't see uh, a couple other projects from from Xbox first party. So I do think they have other smaller things in store for this year, and that might fill out the gap. But to your point, like it's Hellblade, Star Wars Outlaws. Isn't Star Wars I, I Outlaws end of the year now? End of the year, yeah. if it's not delayed, like. I, you have to wonder uh, if Indy or Avowed get bumped. You know, I'm just curious. Like, and maybe it's my fault for not really like, I know Tekken's about to come out and Persona 3 Reload and Like a Dragon Infinite There's a lot Wells. of JRPG love. There's a yeah. lot of JRPG love. That Which is isn't in- something I'm particularly interested in. Mm-hmm. So Banishers. Banish, I'll probably try it when it comes out, but it's not something that's like, I need it day one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'll ask you guys this question. Uh, you, you mentioned unannounced games that Xbox might have, Luke. Mm-hmm. Do you think, because we got this question a lot yesterday, that Hellblade is the only game Microsoft is releasing in the first half of the year? No. No. No, okay. Um, are we counting Towerborn? Well, Towerborn, um, Jez says Towerborn got pushed to the second half of the year, got internally delayed. Yeah, I could see that because we I would have expected an update ne- like at the direct if we right. Were like if it was that. coming in February or March or something, it would have been yeah. Yeah, I would have would have thought that. I do not think it's the only thing they have. Um I think they are absolutely working on working on something again, the smaller is the remasters, maybe it's a double fine size game. You never know, right? But I do feel like just one game in the first half seems light given xbox's slate but and and i don't think we are yet in the effect where we can count activision blizzard titles in that in that grouping last year they did what five games not counting activision blizzard um because you had age of empires minecraft legends redfall starfield forza and then if you wanted to count ghostwire and deathloop you could quake Um, 2 quake 2 4 on console i think you get a a quake something or not quake uh, i think you get a compilation style similar to quake a remaster maybe you get an obsidian like the the morrowind but i don't know these things this is what i remember reading from the xbox leak that they self-imposed that, that they shot themselves in the foot when they just showed all their documents um and i'm sure plans change but I've, I've got to think they got more i've got to think. logan do you think they have more well, not, not to mention like we we still <clears throat> we still don't know what the plans are for activision blizzard's like backlog right like we still we still are waiting to hear if any of that that content is going to be coming to Game Pass. So that's always newsworthy in that sense to kind of fill out the rest of the year where we're not going to be getting like new releases. They'll bring the back catalog into Game Pass little by little. <clears throat> but I do think that there are going to be games that we do start to see like smaller titles uh, coming over as far as the big stuff goes. Obviously, I feel I still think like um, you know, like the big things like uh, 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 Fable, Perfect Dark, Everwild, Gears, um, Clockwork Revolution, Sons of Men. I think stuff like that is still like twenty twenty five and beyond. So 
as far as like the games that I think we we know about now, I think it's a good lineup. But I I would not be surprised if we started to get, you know, littler things come out or updates to games that uh, I mean we're still waiting on the um, the Starfield update, the first major patch mm-hmm. to come to consoles. I think it's on Steam beta right now, mm-hmm. so like we're we're still waiting to hear for that. But outside of that, I mean, the season eleven for Sea of Thieves is kicking up next week on Tuesday. That's a big uh, update. So is That's a big Diablo. Update. Yeah. Uh, so is Diablo season three. We've got Halo stuff coming mm-hmm. um, soon as far as the the <clears throat> update for, for their next content drop. I mean, there's a lot that we're going to be getting that's just going to be updates to games that we already have. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not too worried about like the lack of games that they've announced as far as like new stuff goes. So their, their live service games are they're kicking quite well right now um so that's a good point there now the after hellblade though we saw visions of mana get announced which surprised me you know a lot of people were wondering our shadow drop fifth game whatever it is i was surprised to see visions of mana get there because it's a square enix game and uh it very much renewing the vows of the two companies which is so strange because square enix and xbox's relationship is so sporadic um at least to, to my way of, of thinking and my my sight lines. To see <laughs> would, you say, would you say it's a case-by-case case basis? It, yes, theirs is for sure. <laughs> it's very odd, very odd. And Visions of Mana felt like a, a strange inclusion. It didn't seem to match the show, but at the same time, I really liked that they were building that relationship. Hearing those developers say Xbox so many times was cool. Um, it is not my game. That's never going to talk to Luke Lore. But seeing mm. visions of mana there, I thought was was cool. The art style just pushes me off just a little too much. But the action looked cool. I just I think it means something that Xbox said to Square Enix. Hey, here's the red carpet. Come join us at our developer direct. That's something. Yeah, you're right. Like it's the game is not a Rand game, right? It's, it's not right. a Luke Lore game, and it's not a Randall Thor 19 game at all mm-hmm. to me it was more significant because of who it was there mm-hmm. it was square mm-hmm. which as as you mentioned is very much icy cold sometimes with the xbox mm-hmm. and their releases like hey no final fantasy games because sony's paying us right mm-hmm. but we'll put octopath traveler on your system but not octopath traveler 2 mm-hmm. and then we'll kind of like sprinkle in some releases here but not all of them and it sort of seemed like their relationship was fractured in a way, mm-hmm. right? Like there was EXO, I want to say it was EXO 2019, or maybe it was 2018, where they announced like all the Final Fantasy games were coming to Game Pass. Mm-hmm. And they announced like Final Fantasy 14 was going to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that was in 2019. And then like the Final Fantasy games did come, and then they all left, mm-hmm. and then like, remake and rebirth and 16 were all exclusive and forspoken was exclusive and it was like what's going and then a 14 had no movement and we're like wait what's happening with square but then we got the triple handshake on stage phil spencer new ceo suddenly new ceo is in charge and now xbox and square are buddy buddies they're they're in their showcase show, showing off visions of mana which you maybe there'll be a Game Pass announcement for that game when it gets closer to release, perhaps. And 
you know, there's rumors that Final Fantasy 16 is going to become an Xbox. Uh, I don't know if this year, but mm-hmm. at some point, which I think makes a hundred, you know, all the sense in the world. Mm-hmm. So it seems like maybe that relationship is repaired, and the new CEO wants to uh, take things globally, multi-platform, very much like Persona seeing uh, a lot of now, right? Like if you would have said to me eight years ago, five years ago hey, the Persona games are going to come to Xbox and potentially the newest one's going to be day one. I would have been like, you're crazy. Persona's never going to... Or the Kuza games, right? So Xbox has really tried really hard to curate the Japanese uh, content creator mm-hmm. and get some of those games that never hit the platform to, to actually come. And they've done a good job of that. And it kind of seemed like Square Enix was about to go the other way. And and But now it looks like now everything's going to be good. Final Fantasy 16 will come. Mm-hmm. I really don't see future Final Fantasies being exclusive to PlayStation. I almost sort of feel like maybe they, maybe maybe Square thinks of that as like a failed experiment. Because there's a part of me that thinks like the prestige of, play, of Final Fantasy has lessened because of it, uh, of the exclusivity of not mm-hmm. releasing, not necessarily because it didn't release on Xbox, mm-hmm. but because it didn't even release day one on PC. Right. It feels like they were. It, like instead of growing the franchise, it seems like the franchise regressed a little bit. Um, so yeah, I mean, didn't care for the game, but I'm very interested in like what the future of Square Enix on Xbox is. You know, hundred percent agree on that front, Logan. I kind of wonder if uh, <clears throat> if if Final Fantasy is chasing the Western market a little hard with uh, sixteen, and I think that's kind of that's always kind of where I, I assumed that they were losing some of the momentum that they've had in the past. Cause I look at final fantasy seven and everyone is just absolutely in love with what they're doing over there. So I know that, that, that the fans of final fantasy are still rabid for their, their games. But I think that the, <clears throat> the type of content, you know, like we had 15 with uh, the boy band and now we've got 16 with the game of Thrones. I think that, you know, if 17 comes out and it's, the Seinfeld version of Final Fantasy, I think it's just going to really just die off as a as a franchise, not because it's like the Seinfeld, but because it's going after a market that isn't the traditional Final Fantasy market. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to see that Square is still open to these uh, to the, the the partnership with Xbox, though. I think that, that the vision of Mana being part of the direct was a nice surprise. It, it as someone who played like the the old mana games back on the super nes and stuff <clears throat> like those those games are vibrant and beautiful and seeing something like this come out in a time where we haven't had like a recent dragon warrior um game is it's uh is that even right dragon warrior why does that feel wrong dragon dragon quest, quest? dragon quest dragon thank you um but like I, I think that this is a great thing to address the JRPG fans. I, I think this is going to be less of a JRPG than most other like turn-based JRPGs, um, like Sea of Stars was. But I think you guys might be surprised at how much you enjoy. It. I don't know if you guys played the Dragon Quest games, but those are definitely a lot more action-based than they are. Kind of similar to how. Final Fantasy 16 and Final Fantasy 7 remake has has turned into. So 
there's an opportunity there to try something that you may not normally be into be into this being in the direct i think was was kind of it was a nice way to add value with a partnership that we normally wouldn't have seen and actually get to hear from the team that most you know, like square enix is a very very quiet company when it comes to talking about their content so having them actually speak passionately about this kind of echoes some of the stuff that we used to get back in the day with um was a game freak when they used to go down and talk about all the different Pokemon that they were going to be coming out with and stuff. And that was really refreshing from my, my standpoint. Mm-hmm. But well, I'm, it's certainly interested in, in monsters after power world. That's for sure. Just yeah. That, okay. Just that whole like thing. Um, after, after visions of mana, we saw Aura history untold, which I feel like I, and perhaps many of the podcast community was kind of like, cool. I'm going to get my water right now, which stinks because when in watching it, those devs were so passionate and so excited. And I know a lot of people really love Civ Five, And I was really happy to see this here because it really did a good job at um, diversifying the, the games on display. And they were fun and charismatic and I enjoyed their presentation. But that's not a that's not a game that I'm uh, interested in. I'm a console guy and I'm not really interested in... Can't play it on your console. Yeah, exactly. It's just so a maybe PC. in a year when it comes to console, right? Yeah, maybe. Maybe, uh, but it wasn't for me, but I thought it was cool showing. Did you guys similar? Different? It not my type of game. I'm not a Civ guy, but I'm glad that this was in here because it, it definitely opened up that world to me a little bit more. I thought mm-hmm. it was kind of cool, like, you know, having the opportunity to play through history in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those games that it's going to speak to the audience, kind of like we were talking about before. Um we started recording we were talking about how like final or fallout 76 and elder scrolls and stuff like elder scrolls got their own separate showcase and stuff like uh after the actual direct and stuff like that and that didn't really warrant a spot in the direct because it's just kind of like an update to an already existing game Mm -hmm. but it's one of those things where the audience that loves that wants to hear about it Mm-hmm. and and know more about that and that may not be us but at least it's being at least it's being shown in a way that kind of lets the team speak to what they're passionate about and hopefully that comes across to like the actual fans of the civ 6 like area yeah i think like vision it like visions of mana it showed the developers that are watching it showed the developers on these games that xbox is willing to give you a spotlight give you uh, give you attention and, and put you on display uh, in a way that you might not get in, in hopes of enticing. At least that's what I, I have kind of convinced myself of. Um, Rand, you're you're in my camp and that it's not for you either. Yeah, yeah. Even if even when it comes to console, that is not that's not a Rand game. I've also never been a Civ guy. Mm-hmm. I know it's incredibly popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, PC gamers like that. So, and I will say, Aura does look quality. Mm-hmm. Like, just from watching it and being like, okay, I don't really have any skin in the game on this, but this does look like it's a quality experience. And you're right to mention, like, the diversity of Xbox's content. I mean, just at the show, what do we have? We have a hardcore RPG, Mm -hmm. right? We have a AAA cinematic uh, over-the-shoulder third-person combat game, right? Mm-hmm. We have a 4X strategy game mm-hmm. and we 
end with a blockbuster pop culture, cultural icon, first person license game. Like you're talking about a breadth of content, mm-hmm. you know, and that's something that Xbox does incredibly well, especially in comparison to some of the other uh, publishers out there. Mm-hmm. So the like, there's, you know, sure, me and you are like, yeah, R is not for us, and Visions of Man is not for us. But those other three games, mm-hmm. or like those other two games, or maybe there's the one that you're just right. There's there seems to be like they're trying to uh, have something for everybody. It's mm-hmm. not just like one style of experience. It's uh, many, which is something I do appreciate, right? Um, but yeah, R are looking at it like, well, I hope I hope it does well for the PC guys that really enjoy that content agreed they they didn't they didn't spend like 15 minutes explaining like what a trebuchet was yes which i was appreciative of that was the uh, age of empires lesson learned there wasn't it i was i was i was they did a good job showcasing that game it does look quality but i mean what stole the yeah. show was you know the game they closed with in indiana jones uh which was i think long awaited i've consistently said the indiana jones ip doesn't move the needle in the way that some of these other games do, uh, but a great game from Machine Games will. And this looked good. I was taken aback. Uh, that I loved what they did. I don't know if you guys had the same feeling, but like when they when we were we saw the back of Indy's head, we knew, we were wondering: Is it did Harrison Ford? Somebody else? Is it the Guardians of the Galaxy? You know, not my Avengers. We have Avengers at home. Is not my people. What is going on? And then they flip the camera and you see Harrison Ford's mug right there, headbutts him in the face and uh, they get on with it. I was, I was stoked. And I thought that trailer really captured the magic of Indiana Jones uh, and made me excited. A lot of people wondering, of course, uh, was it going to be third person or first person? It indeed is very much a hybrid of the two with the bulk of the gameplay seemingly in first person. Uh, something that machine games, that's what they do best. That is that is their thing after the Wolfenstein games. Uh, they definitely made a point of showing us punching Nazis in the face, uh, which I got a kick out of. But I left far higher on this game than I went into the direct with, uh, which would make sense because we saw it. But I f- feel like this game is going to bring a few people in uh, for sure. For you, sure. I'm surprised you didn't get sick. You didn't get motion I, sickness. No, I didn't even that didn't even like register for me. Was that something? Are you being making a joke that I'm not catching? Yeah, or? I'm being sarcastic because okay. there was um, oh, people God. complaining, people, really? oh, people complaining about it being first person and oh, how they get motion sickness. Which I mean, people do get motion sickness. That's not. It's just suddenly it's this, and now there's this swell right. of. Yeah, I get people's preferences, third person, whatever. But it was just like suddenly it was like. I can't do first person. I'm like, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. You don't get to play this game and that's just part of it. And I, I, I was really high on it. I like, if you had asked me and I've told, I think I said this to Logan in our, uh, while we were playing Halo last night, ask me what kind of game I want. And I'm going to say over the shoulder, third person action game. Every time I don't know what I want because I don't know. Right. I will. I want the same game every time until you show me something that I like more. And that's how it is. So if you'd said, Luke, what do you want? I want I want Indiana Jones Uncharted. That's what I want. Um, and then seeing this, I'm like, no, that's what I want. And I'm not the mind to tell you 
the new thing. I want what I what I like. I'm a cheese pizza kind of guy. But in seeing this, I was like, hmm, I'm here for this. This looks cool. The rotations between um, I, I I was so happy with this trailer. It really feels like this game is going to be special. I really think so. What did you think, Logan? I was dude. I'm I'm sold on this game. It looks amazing. I'm super stoked for it. I I love that they wanted to try and give people like a, an opportunity to watch like Indiana like during cutscenes or like during like third person perspectives where you're climbing up stuff like that. Like that's climbing up a ladder in first person is the weirdest thing to me. It is. It's it, it, it's like crouching in a third person game to stealth. It's it's does not feel like you're actually stealthing around. It just feels like you're crouching, walking around places. But um, dude. The thing that for me, sorry, I'm losing my voice now, but the thing for me that I really loved about this was the focus on the whip. I was not expecting them to go so hard with the whip. Like I expected like a traversal thing, you know, I was not expecting them to be like, no, this is how you disarm Nazis. This Mm -hmm. is how you trip people up. This is how you traverse. This is how you actually figure out puzzles and stuff like that is the whip. And after seeing like the the effort that they put into that, I was like, you know, that's something that we don't we don't really ever get with Indiana Jones as like a movie franchise. Like it's it's there and it's iconic, but it's not like the every tool that he uses. Like he does use his guns and stuff like that. And he does just kind of run around and and, and just kind of blend in with the scenario but i love the approach to there being stealthy uh opportunities there i hope that when they go full bore with it like i hope that you're able to like actually you know change outfits and stuff like that and and you know like kind of blend in with uh nazis like they do in all the movies Mm -hmm. um so i'm hoping that that's in there as well too but Man, they had everything, man. They had they had like the the screen where, you know, the plane has a little red dot that travels from one place to the other. They have Indy like, you know, going after, uh, you know, different locations that are, are very diverse, but kind of harken back to the movies themselves. Um, I'm, whatever this is, like, I'm, I'm sold on it, man. Like I and, and Troy Baker, who's doing the voice for it, comes across as a convincing Harrison Ford for me. So, you know, personal feelings aside, I think that he's doing a good job with the role. Um, I I just I'm ready for this, man. I'm ready for this to be a really just awesome experience for Indiana Jones. I hope this kind of reignites the passion for Indiana as like a character um, who has over the generations inspired so many other game franchises that we love, you know, Tomb Raider and Uncharted, obviously the comparisons that were spawned from indiana jones and and going back to the actual source of it and letting machine games do what they do as far as like their their you know their lineage of of making games like you know where you just go fight nazis it's, it's a perfect match um it's it's like you know watching the hitman team make a bond game it's it, if, if you if you know what they do and you and you know what ip would work best for them just let them go do it and i think they absolutely nailed it with this trailer the first person stuff I think is it's it's disappointing to see that people are upset about that. I was fully expecting a third person kind of uncharted game in this instance, but after seeing the footage, there's only a couple little things that I'm a little concerned about, but we're also just barely seeing this 
and it's coming out later on this year. So I'm sure we'll probably see more footage mm -hmm. of it down the line, but I don't know. I'm going to play it. I'm, I'm excited to check it out. I, I really want to see what their story is. And, and I think Indiana Jones is like one of those perfect, like, you know, games that, that lends itself to a very linear experience. Mm -hmm. Rand, I'm curious when you see this game, think about this game. Does this sway anyone on the PlayStation side to pick up an Xbox? Anyone on the Nintendo side to pick up an Xbox that doesn't already have one? Maybe. Maybe. You never know. Minor audio hiccup there. Rand, I'll ask again, but uh, when you see Indiana Jones, do you think this game is inclined to bring PlayStation and Nintendo gamers over to buy an Xbox or Game Pass or whatnot to play this game? I mean, it certainly, I think, might have the potential to. I don't know, like, if people, if there would be, like, in droves. Mm -hmm. But it certainly is a game, I think, that has been missing from the Xbox library mm -hmm. for probably 10 years. This game that is, uh, a, it's a culture icon. Mm -hmm. Like, Indiana Jones may not be as popular as it once was, but people still know the name, mm -hmm. right? And it has that cachet that even though like something like Starfield last year, huge game, mm -hmm. but I really sort of think that game really only appeals to the really hardcore, mm -hmm. right? Where something like Indiana Jones could appeal to a broader demographic in the same way as Spider-Man does, where you could get people, and I've already seen clips of movie YouTubers uh, talking about Indiana Jones because it's a famous film franchise mm -hmm. that are suddenly like, man, this game looks good. Mm -hmm. I I really want to experience that. And I think that's something that's been missing from the Xbox exclusive library for quite some time. And so when I look at like Xbox's fall lineup and you see a Vowed sitting there and Obsidian's going to do what Obsidian does, mm -hmm. but you have a new Call of Duty, the first one developed in... Uh, by Treyarch, the first game uh, that's taken a uh, four-year development cycle for them. And then you pair that up with an Indiana Jones, fingers crossed, knock on wood, if it hits fall, because I'm assuming that's when it's going to release. Mm -hmm. Xbox could really have a nice one-two punch, because I would imagine they're going to market the hell out of Indiana Jones, because mm -hmm. it is something that a casual audience gamer you know mm -hmm. might be really interested in they'd be like oh yeah i know indiana jones that game looks really cool i too i watched so i watched the direct twice i watched it on stream mm -hmm. i watched it then on my my tv and i was more impressed with indiana jones the second time because i was kind of the first time you're kind of like taking it all in the first time you're seeing it like all right what is this game mm -hmm. and it's like the first person stuff so it's like okay that's interesting Oh, a lot stealth mechanics. Like, you know, my ears perk up when I hear stealth, right? Because we don't get a lot of stealth stuff anymore, mm -hmm. right? You know, where's my Splinter Cell Ubisoft, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, being able to maybe go about how, like, play in the end of the way you want. Like, sure, you might be able to, like, use the whip, disarm somebody, or bring them closer to you, which is a really cool use of, uh, you know, Indy's iconic weapon. But he was using it to distract guards, which sort of doesn't make any sense because doesn't the crack of the whip happen in like not where necessarily the whip hits the wall, but where like the whip actually cracks in like the middle of the whip. 
So wouldn't the sound be like behind the guy um, instead of the wall? I don't it's know. Good, it is a good question. I'd be curious to see like where the physics are. Yeah. Um. So, and it really, the game had, I don't know if it, you got this feel, but it really had the the feeling and the legacy of like Chronicles of Riddick, that Starbreeze legacy before they went and formed machine games. Like I was getting those vibes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it was too surprising. I think people just wanted another third person game where, uh, I think making it first person makes it really unique in the space. Like it really stands out. Like, yeah, the Indiana Jones IP stands out by itself. Mm-hmm. You have Harrison Ford's likeness. It's actually, I think Canon, right? Isn't it? It's yes. yeah. proper license from them set in between Raiders of the Lost Ark and, or no, is it Raiders and Last Crusade? Raiders right? and Last, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cause people, most people don't know Temple of Doom's actually first. Yeah. Um, I often forget that. I often forget that. And so it's, it's a, it's a Canon, it's a Canon experience. Uh, Troy Breaker, I think is doing a great, a great impression of Harrison Ford looks like it. Mm-hmm. And it's going to, I think it's going to be a very solid game. Uh, and I'm waiting to see all the different places you go to the globe trotting stuff mm-hmm. and punching Nazis in the face. To, never gotten old, never got right? old. And who does it better than machine games? So this could be Xbox's, you know, when you, when you outside of call of duty stuff, when you look at like the games Xbox releases, this could be the one that has the most impact. Yeah. Because I think it's it's the one that will speak to more people uh than something like Starfield did. Not saying Starfield didn't do great because it, it's like 13 million players or whatever, but I think it speaks to a different audience that that really hasn't given an Xbox a look in recent years. And finally he's like you have that zeitgeist moment. And people are going to be like, Indiana Jones, like, oh, Xbox? Oh, whether they go get an Xbox or play it on PC is whatever. But yeah, I think it's really exciting. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. I wonder I wonder if this isn't a gateway into how, or, or a sneak peek into how Blade is received. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious uh, just to, to know, because it's not the biggest IP, but it is a recognizable character. Uh, it's getting with getting a studio that is, you know, very high quality, uh, but not Naughty Dog, not Insomniac. You know, I'm really curious if this is a precursor, uh, but it has a chance, I think, for Xbox to move the needle. I agree with you. It is the most uh, or it, it has a chance of being the mo- the biggest IP get for Xbox, bigger than Starfield, even um, potential to anyhow to speak to that other demographic. Are either of you guys disappointed that they went the IP route license IP instead of say doing like a Wolfenstein three or something new. No, I am not disappointed by that. Logan, did you want to speak on that first? I don't want to step on your toes. No, go for it. I am not at all. I'm a very, I'm very much a believer in IP. I think that is a huge thing. I think when you get a a recognizable IP and something um, you have the chance to do something great and special with it. Um, I think it's important. The It would have been great to get Wolfenstein 3, but if they didn't have ideas for it, 
then then I am all for this direction because this is uh, probably Todd Howard's last big game. Because I, t- I doubt the guy's sticking around for Elder Scrolls Six. Oh, he's sticking around. You think yeah, he's, so? He's sticking around. I think I think Elder Scrolls Six is. A, I think Elder Scrolls Six is a swan song. I think he leaves after. Actually, I think him and Phil both leave after that. I think they leave together in this walk together in the sunset. Twenty thirty, is that the year? Twenty twenty eight. Twenty twenty eight. Twenty nine. Okay, that's fair. I think I don't think he does Fallout Five. I don't think he. But maybe maybe he's like Miyamoto. Maybe he's just a dude that never retires. And just <laughs> keeps on, keeps on, keeps it on, right? Could be, could be. I can't wait for the 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 interview with Phil Spencer where he's like, "I feel like gamers have lost touch of what was important about gaming and how we need to go back to cartridges." Oh boy, oh boy. But now I think IP is the is the win. I'm okay with that, and we don't know what a lot of studios are working on. There's nothing to say that ID isn't working on a Wolfenstein or a Doom or a Quake or something. Um, I'm there are so many studios now, so much talent that Xbox has under its umbrella that I am very confident we're going to get a nice blend of uh, intellectual IP that are or intellectual IP intellectual properties that are well recognized in pop culture as well as original projects. And like when I look at the stuff that wasn't there, South by South by Midnight, uh, Clockwork Revolution, Everwild, whatever Double Fine's working on, those are all original games, but like nobody knows them. But when they see the next Gears, the Perfect Dark, uh, or, or any of the other like long-established IP, what's that? Fable. Fable. Yep. Fable. Um, then I think they'll have a different effect, and I want a nice, healthy mix of them. Logan, what do you think? I'm honestly, I'm glad they're going with Indiana Jones, man. Like, uh, like Rand said, this is this is our Spider-Man. This is you know, Blades coming up. It's a great way to get people's attention. Which I think is important in a time where, like, for example, what worked for Sea of Thieves was A Pirate's Life with uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Jack Sparrow is a known quantity in the world. And if you want people to check out your game, bringing known quantities like that are going to do really well for your game. Like having an Indiana Jones game is going to bring people to Xbox who love Indiana Jones. There's a whole generation of uh, Gen Zers out there that grew up or Gen, you know, Gen X. What's no, what's, what's Gen Alpha. There's a, a whole generation of Gen Z and Gen Alpha that are growing up with their, their millennial parents that watched Indiana Jones movies in theaters and stuff and had those with their parents. And that just, it just kind of trickles downhill to where there are like, people who are going to have fond memories of Indiana Jones from their parents and want to get their parents invested in this or their parents are going to get them invested and be like hey son you want to sit down and play indiana jones and they're going to sit down and play indiana jones together and it's it's going to bring people to the console which is in my opinion the the whole point of even grabbing ip if you if you're going to do something like that you know we saw avatar it's a fantastic game by ubisoft not many people talked about it because it's just it came at the wrong time but i also think that a lot of people just for whatever reason it's it's available everywhere so there's no there's no fandom kind of celebrating it on on a specific console which i think is is you know outside of like call of duty is unfortunately sometimes like a unicorn i think hogwarts legacy and elder well elder scrolls has like from but hogwarts legacy is kind of the outlier where everyone was actually interested in it because it's a huge ip and it happened to be multi-plat yeah 
Fair point. Well, guys, the developer direct, I think, uh, was, it was a win overall. I was surprised by some of the stuff we didn't see. I know I kind of mentioned some of the IP other, but also no Sarah Bonds, no Phil Spencer. They really let these developers talk, which I think is good. Um, even though I always like seeing those familiar faces, it was, I thought it was a good thing. Um, any closing thoughts here before we have to talk about some of our smaller topics and get out of here? Um, closing topics. Let's see. What do you think we're, how do you think they're positioned as far as releases like months? Like, where do you think of Outlands? Where do you think they put Indiana Jones? Where do you think they slide in Aura? Right. And you even mentioned like South of Midnight and Mm -hmm. some of these other games that maybe could make it in. Does fall get a little bit too crowded again? Mm -hmm. You know, do does Xbox need to maybe start holding games, completed games and just to hold it to make sure like, for instance, we may not have another game from Xbox this first six months outside of Hellblade 2, right? Mm hmm. Just because maybe Towerborn was the game and it got delayed, right? So you're going to have like Towerborn this fall and Indiana Jones and Avowed and Aura History Untold and who knows what else. Flight Sim's in there. Which everyone Flight knows. Sim 2024. Yeah. We don't know when that's coming. That's mm-hmm. a lot of games for a short period of time, right? right. Um, Forza Horizon 6. It is. This will be three years. Mm-hmm. They're on a three-year dev cycle. Are they up this year? Um, you know, Gears Collection. If that really is real and Gears 5 is potentially next year, is that something that needs to release? Like, do you think Xbox needs to... Well, one, when do you think the the already announced games will will come? And then two, do you think Xbox needs to start holding completed games like Nintendo does to make sure that other parts of the, the following year actually have something? If they're exclusive to Xbox and PC, yes, they can hold some stuff. The multi-plats, no. So that is to say, like, you don't hold your Activision Blizzard stuff. We don't know what they're bringing in to the Activision Blizzard pantheon outside of, like, Call of Duty and Diablo content. Um, I think Aura and Flight Sim, I don't think those are the ones that you stagger your releases for because they speak to niche audiences on... Uh, largely PC and such. I don't think the flight sim community is eating the 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 avowed uh, attention. I just don't think they talked. They don't they don't cross over. So you can do kind of like Age of Empires. Like you can put that out, and it's not going to really blip the radar of the majority of people that are making content that that are consumed by people like us, right? Um, but there is something to say. Like now they do have to make sure that Call of Duty's release doesn't step on the toes of their their title so they do have to be aware of it i think they've definitely got something for the first half of the year next to hellblade somewhere in there but i think the back half of the year q3 q4 are just going to be stacked um and they've got to find a way to space it out i do think there's a remaster somewhere in there i do think there's a collection of something somewhere in there i know well let me rephrase this my my impression of what i had heard about the gears collection and this was this is old um it was an idea. It was a thing pitched. It was a thing that they kind of touched on. And then they didn't want to the, the FPF FPS boost and the back compat and the HDR upgrades that, that Xbox was rolling out. It didn't really see a big difference. 
and then now that Unreal Engine 5 is is a thing, now you would see a big uptick difference. So it's different um, than when the idea was first out there. So I don't know if that's actually happening. I would I want it to happen in Unreal Engine 5. But if it was going to be a negligible improvement, similar to kind of what you're seeing with Last of Us 2 remastered and Last of Us 2 in terms of visuals, uh, that's not really a big noticeable upgrade, I don't think. No, Luke, it's a big... I watched the Digital Foundry video, okay? That was a big difference between the Last Shadow of Us... Right. Part two and Last of Us Part Two remake. All right. I noticed three or four pixels did look different. That's true. Big difference. That's more than one pixel. Yeah. Yeah. They changed it. They changed it. But, you know, like, I I think there's got to be something there, Randy. But I don't know that uh, Avowed and Flight Sim need to be spaced very far apart. Right. Um, So I do think, you know, you've got Avowed, September, Indiana Jones, October, November. Um, depending on where you put Call of Duty, late late October, November, that's fine. Um, I think they'll do something like that. What did you, Logan? Did you have a? Different oh, I think take? I think it's going to be a vowed September. I think it's going to be Call of Duty October. I think it's going to be Indiana Jones uh, November, maybe push to December. Mm-hmm. Ara, I I honestly think they'll probably they'll probably dump it in there in um probably August. like late September. Okay. So no, well, because I mean, they're talking fall, right? So falls end sure. of September. Right. right. Um, but I, I think that that's that's kind of what we're looking. I, I, if it were me trying to like plan out Game Pass, I'd say like give us a vowed earlier in the fall. Um, give us uh, Call of Duty like smack dab in the middle because they've had time to work on it, and then throw Indiana Jones for like that right before black friday sale where it's the the thing that gets thrown up into all of the november marketing all right ran what do you think uh yeah like aura i think is maybe october avowed is um beginning of october indiana jones is september and COD is November. Although, I guess I could see if, if they could get COD in October and Indy in November, maybe that would work. Like, Indy is the big November game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm still kind of curious. I don't know if you guys think, like, Forza's this year. I know a lot of people are like, we just had Forza Motorsport, but... And Fables you know, also. Like, isn't Playground has been pretty focused on Fable. Well, yeah, but two there's Fable. We know they're working... Two teams. Yeah, They have the two teams... And it's been, it'll be three years and they went from a two year cycle to three year. Do mm-hmm. they go from three to four and release Forza next year? Cause if so, you're talking about Indiana Jones, Forza Horizon six and COD, which are three massive games. And they didn't space the last Forza even from Halo. Remember? Mm-hmm. No, that was so, like two, two weeks apart. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, well, they had like Forza, so the multiplayer came out like a week or so after Forza dropped, but the proper like campaign was in December, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was in December. I guess the question is, do you guys want a Forza Horizon this year? If they could make it, I suppose. Yeah, or, I love that formula. I love yeah. the formula of Horizon. Like that Motorfest, Crew Motorfest was great. I oh, love that. Crew formula. Motorfest was outstanding. That's one of those games I look at the review scores and I'm just like, Luke, there are jaded people out there, bro. Yes. Yes. 
Like they're like 70, whatever that thing is at. I'm like, no way. No, that game's so good. That game was so good. Ubisoft tax. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, Ubisoft tax indeed. Mm. Or, you know, like I was looking at it outside of like Forza and Gran Turismo, like pretty much no other racing game gets reviewed higher than, than this in the seventies. Like it's just Gran Turismo and Forza are the only ones essentially in the eighties and above. Everything else is in the seventies. What was Hot point. Wheels? I liked Hot Wheels uh, Unleashed too, but I I wanted more IP that it hadn't won. But yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even thought about it. What is Hot Wheels? I'm, I'll look it up. You vamp. Um. Well, I will. While you're looking it up, I do want to say that Halo uh, Infinite and Halo as a franchise are. They had some unique updates this past week. I thought it was a good week for Halo fans. We saw the Season 2 trailer for Paramount uh, uh, last week. And then those trailers look good. I've been fooled before. Um, but 343 came out in a, a stream, talked a lot about what they're doing with Halo Infinite going forward. I really like what they're doing going forward. They have gotten rid of Seasons going forward. And the reason I find that exciting is this: they're taking the MCC approach. And this is largely the Master Chief Collection team, the team that saved the Master Chief Collection. They are now essentially saving Infinite while 343 moves on to newer projects uh, in the Halo universe, which I'm excited for also. But they're doing a lot of stuff with uh, bringing in the, the Spartans from Halo Wars. Uh, the cross-core customization continues to improve. Playlists are improving. Matchmaking uh, is improving to, to the nth degree, which is great. They did that... Uh, basically field test of networking settings on their end on the backside. It looks really good. They're incorporating unreal into the menu system, similar to master chief collection. Uh, They're doing crossover content, free crossover content with the show. So you can get the armors uh, and be customizable armors from the show into Halo infinite. (laughs) I thought you were talking about MLB, the show. I was like, are we getting baseball bats? (laughs) Um, and it, with the elimination of seasons, you're now going to be able to get legacy content using Spartan points, similar to Master Chief Collection. One thing that Master Chief or that Halo Infinite does well is that none of the content you can get in there goes away. You have ways to get to it later on, and I'm really happy to see that going forward. I'm very excited for this stuff because the Forge update uh, did did wonders for the community we've got so many maps in this game now the forge community is incredible with their creation they just brought in uh covenant art for the people to make covenant levels uh in there and there are things cooking on the halo side both for a new game and other uh that are great for halo fans this feels like the game we should have gotten for sure but that master chief team is now doing great stuff for infinite. And I feel like the lesson learned is you don't con- don't use contractors, hire people full time. that don't have to learn a new engine. that don't have to learn your methods and you can keep a long-term vision for, um, I'm really excited for it. And certain affinities project is, is, is still looking good. There you go. So I found out, I found out the, uh, the review scores, by the way, for hot wheels. We had okay. 75 and 77 for the Hot mm. Wheels Unleashed 1 and Hot Wheels Unleashed 2. Would have thought it was higher. Yeah, I did too, honestly. Because they're they're actually pretty good games. Yeah. Really kind of bummed about that. Um not to not to ignore the the Halo content that you just covered, but uh honestly, I think Forza Horizon 6 could wait till next year. Yeah. I can but see that too. Halo content. No, I agree with Forza Horizon 6, but no, I just think it's neat to see that 
Forza her uh, sorry that uh that Halo is on such a good track. We played for four or five hours last night um with Jam Pack Sam and Butch. They were my words of kindness this week, which I think we just kind of glossed over, but I'm had an absolute blast. Um uh, the pricing structures look good. I'm just really pleased with where Halo Infinite is at. I'm bummed that it took so long to get here, but it's in a great place. Um really, really excited for where Halo is at. So. Yeah, they should have had that point system from the get go. Like the the whole UI and seasonal pass thing was clearly like a, a drive to go for that kind of uh, like games as a service model, like Fortnite and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the way that they wanted to like offer content indefinitely mm-hmm. was cool. But it's just like if you're going to go that route, then you're 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 literally ripping out the the whole point of those seasonal passes which is the 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 fear of missing out mm-hmm. and if you're gonna go with something that is going to be you know forever available then just go with the point-based system just allow us to level up allow us to earn points and then purchase content that way mm-hmm. i'm glad that they're continuing to move forward with the cross core cosmetics mcc had it right they mm-hmm. they didn't have to stray from that and they did they they burned a lot of bridges in my opinion of uh, or a lot of goodwill with the community as a result of that and they're slowly having to make that up with infinite it's just a shame that to me at least this is all in service of the multiplayer which is obviously going to be the thing that drives the 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 game as as a as a service but i just want more campaign man we had a, a really interesting story with the reboot of Infinite, and I want them to continue that. And I think that the, the tools are there, but it feels like all the effort is being driven towards fixing the missteps that they had with multiplayer, even, was it now, two years since launch? Three? 2021? Has it been three? Yeah. I thought it launched... Oh, you're right. Yeah, it's 2014, 2024 now. Well, it hasn't really been three years. <clears throat> yeah, the, the December of 2024 will be three years, right? Oh, that's true. Yeah. You're right. Duh, man, time is so. I'm so. I struggle so much, um, and I hate saying COVID every time, but like COVID threw off my timelines for everything, everything. So, I don't know. I'm excited for Halo's future. I don't know if you guys had anything you wanted to say more on it, but um, yeah, Rand, what, what do you think about the changes? I mean, I don't really, I haven't played Infinite since like the week it came out. What? None of my, my friends are, here's the thing is, Ainsley played with my friends, right? And even Ainsley stopped playing with my friends. So, and Ainsley is way beyond my skill level. So playing with my friends in Halo is an exercise in frustration. And it just wasn't fun to play. Because they were too competitive, or not? They're too good, too and good. like the competition they would bring in, mm-hmm. skill based matchmaking was just. I'd be going like two and fifteen. Randy, it's not fun to play. Try the PVE, man. It's a blast. It's so it's the sandbox. The loop is fun. Yeah, so I haven't played then. I don't really have an opinion about like changing from seasons to the updates or whatever because that's mm-hmm. not that doesn't really matter to me. Sure, I'm more interested in what Luke said about like certain affinities projects looking good like you know that that's like you know that's news uh you know are we're gonna are we gonna see it this year at the showcase luke like what's going on like 
Give us give us some tantalizing. I don't, I'm not tidbits. that guy. I'm not, I don't I don't know much. I just <laughs> uh, reports. Of, I don't think I don't think that that project was dead. Um, I, I, I believe it got repurposed into something more. Yeah, essentially. Yes. Um, mm. What yeah. that more is, mm, I don't know. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> I wonder. I do wonder about like where do you, like you, you mentioned the campaign, Logan, right? Like, yeah. What do you do with the single player aspect, the campaign? Do you continue off where Halo Infinite ended? Do you get into the Endless and Cortana 2 and the pilot? Or maybe it's time for a reboot? Like, maybe we go full reboot, go back to the beginning, clean slate it up, and uh, start from start from, start from from the beginning, from, from, you know, fresh? Because there's, there's a lot of things you could do yeah, uh, with the campaign, I'm just. It'd be interesting to see like w- where they go with it. You know, I would. I would hope that they would invest in the characters that they built up. Um, even if you know, if, if it's a while out, I still think that there's a lot of potential there. There's a whole Halo freaking ring that we haven't even explored, man. Like, I, I would love to have like a full campaign. You know, Halo Infinite uh, DLC that expands the biomes like everyone wanted because mm-hmm. for whatever reason, people can't be happy with just, you know, one forest biome. There was a door uh, I couldn't get through, Logan. I yeah, saw the door. it's OK. It's all right. You know, some doors can stay closed uh, for, for a while being. But honestly, I, I think it's one of those one of those things where I, I got invested in the characters and they propped it up for a sequel. And I, I want them to continue down that path. I don't want them to do the thing where, you know, four was really good. And then five went off the rails as far as the 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 scale of the story. Um, and it just didn't feel right. Like I and I don't want them to reboot it because I feel like that is cheapening the work that was put into can into infinite. And I think the campaign in infinite stands on its own as one of the better campaigns. So I would rather that they kind of focus in on that one. Luke, what about you? I want them to do a campaign DLC, a Hive Busters style thing. I think that's more likely to happen than we thought a year ago because of how productive the Forge tools are now. I think people were caught off guard by that, and that's the the realization of the vision. Um I know they're making a new Halo. I get that. I'm excited for whatever Halo 7 is, but I think Halo Infinite still has life in it in the meantime. And I think that's great. I didn't want Halo to suffer. I also expect Halo to to hit other places eventually, and I'm a, I want that legacy kept alive and happy and positive. I did I hated how well Halo Infinite launched and then how long we sat with no content because it was such a good moment for Halo. And then to sit there for a year and a half, two years, uh, or a year and a half with no content updates, and then to get the mediocrity that was Halo Season 1, it it really felt like a total bummer because we were being amped up, 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 and then just... Because Infinite is great. Infinite is great. And the fact that they're bringing in Halo 5's networking style, also great. The customiza- customization that exists in it now and it continues to improve, great. I'm really excited for anybody that's jumping in now. And I just don't want Halo to fall by the wayside. Um, 
as Xbox's influence expands. I mean, it was purported or reported that like Game Pass is up to 33 million subscribers, estimated uh, subscribers. They've got a huge slate coming in this year to bring in more people, which we just talked about. I mean, I'm stoked for Xbox's future. And as Xbox's future improves, so does Halo's and vice versa. So I just want to see that franchise be treated well. Um, and I have a feeling that Matt Booty and Sarah Bond um, and then Phil Spencer as well all saw what happened with Halo Infinite. And that's why we see and, and Redfall and they see that they're changing some of the pre-launch requirements. And I think that's why scope is reduced on some of these games. Don't try to do X. That's why they're under promising on Hellblade. That's why we've got games that have not been announced that are likely going to release this year or next year because they want to get it right. Because the Xbox brand did very well. I know Matt Piscatella came out with some good numbers recently. Xbox is doing quite well. And when you look at PlayStation's model, they're selling units like crazy. They're making incredible games, but those budgets are hurting their business. And that's a weird thing to see Xbox selling far less, have a much, much smaller share of the market, but doing so well. That is going to impact how games are delivered. And so... I wouldn't be surprised if Avowed is digital only, if Halo's transition into other platforms occurs at some point in the next 10 years, um, as do, do other franchises. So I just, as Halo improves or declines, Xbox improves or declines its model with them. So, Would you want Halo's multiplayer to be decoupled from the single player? It, it is decoupled now, but do you mean like in Halo Well, like 7? for future releases. Yes. Like, okay, like... Yes multiplayer is ready here's the multiplayer it's a separate application and then whenever there is a single player ready it's like boom here's the halo single player absolutely that- yes okay. it needs to be that way to survive in in the current state of a live service delivery trying to couple them together you get the call of duty problem where and i thought call of duty modern warfare 3 was pretty darn cool i liked the campaign i liked that it came with zombies love that it came with multiplayer but then you're getting backlash right i think when you have live service that needs to be able to be a live service and don't hold those teams to any other cycle and then the campaigns and the stories the deliveries the stuff that sells different different pillar moments once you get it you've played it you know you can replay it but that's the the story and I think you need to satiate those fans as well. If you decouple them permanently, um, you've got a real chance to do something special. You might try and time stuff together, but decouple the development. And that's, I think, the the way to go moving forward in the current climate. Okay. Do you think the multiplayer still has to be free to play? Has to? No. Um, I don't think it has to be. <laughs> but I do think you want to be, especially if you're going <laughs> to... You disagree, uh, uh, Logan? What do you think? Yeah, dude, look at freaking, like, I mean, multiple, like, they're one of the few, like, arena-based shooters that I think are still hanging in there. But, dude, look at look at how bad it was for Battlefield 2042 coming in at $70 in a year where we had, like, Fortnite and Apex Legends and Warzone and Halo. Like, everything was free to play. Mm-hmm. And to not... To, to charge like money for the multiplayer at this point, like that's what the that's what you know Microsoft's bankroll is supposed to cover in the mindset of the gamers. I don't think that they want to buy a multiplayer once it goes free to play. Yeah, I think it's I think it's 
very difficult to sell a multiplayer experience for cash these days. I agree. I think you can do it. I just don't think you should. You know? Yeah. I think it's doable. It's doable. I don't know. Um, guys, I feel like we've answered a lot of people that wrote in. Todd Oxford, Chipotle Bear, Matt Kennedy, uh, and Wolverine all wrote in at various questions. I think we addressed each of them, so I want to thank you guys there. Um, it's a good time to say, if you haven't already chosen to support XCP over at patreon.com slash Xbox Expansion Pass, we would appreciate that. It helps keep the show going into what's promising to be just such an incredible year of that direct. Um, I'm just so excited for it. But Rand, you just celebrated episode 300 over on Xbox 2. Uh I think it'd be important if you uh, let people know where to find you on socials, where to find your content and plug anything you got coming, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, you know, it, it was a lot of fun talking to you guys about the Xbox developer direct and uh, none of us got motion sickness talking about Indiana Jones in first person. So that's great. <laughs> um, as for me, you can find me at uh, youtube.com slash Randall Thor 19 channel with Xbox two. You know, videos will happen again in the future. Have no doubt. Maybe even camera appearance uh, at some point uh, in the near future. Um, I don't really have anything like pressing going on outside of like the podcast on Fridays. But yeah, I'd love to have you if you haven't checked out Xbox Two yet. So and make sure you join uh, Luke's Patreon. Just like me, I'm a Patreon subscriber. So thank you. Great content. Thanks, man. That means the absolute world for you to say. Thank you. Thank you. Logan, what you got going on over at Keel Hall? Probably a big week for you guys. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of nuts, man. Season eleven is kicking off next week on Tuesday. So gonna be talking about the deep dive this week. Uh it's a it's a complete full philosophical change on how you approach Sea of Thieves. Um, they're finally doing something that I've they're doing things this season that I've been asking for since at least 2019 2020 mm-hmm. and I, I i think it's going to be for the betterment of the game overall so keep an eye out on keyhole for that Rand, thanks for joining us it was a pleasure getting to actually sit down and talk with you instead of just kind of lurking in chat all the time mm-hmm. so it was it was nice to to like actually hear and and i purposely didn't listen to episode 300 yet because i wanted to like get your takes for the first time when we got to actually talk about it, which was fun. Uh, so outside of that, um, yeah, a patron member in the discord, just chatting with folks there. I've been absent the last couple of weeks just because of the cold, but I'm looking forward to get back in and chatting with folks uh, in discords and in socials and stuff like that. So keep an eye out there at CAPT underscore L-O-G-U-N on threads and Twitter. There we go. Guys, thank you for listening to XCP. Find me on socials at Insipid Ghost. And of course, we appreciate you listening to Xbox Expansion Pass on all your podcast services. Have a fantastic rest of your week. Take care.